Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond with your host, Tim Jurett. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 239 Uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And we have a great guest on this podcast today. We have Ian Rudnick. Ian, what's up? How do you like the studio? You think it's kind of cool? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, I was blown away when I walked in here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really, it's a really cool place. And Ian, the reason why we have you on, more than one reason, but you're a friend of mine, right? Yeah. You're a friend of the show. And the 239 Uncensored, and you are running for Naples City Council. What's that? What's that feel like? Um, you know, I retired in uh, May of this year. So I, um, you know, I thought I'd be out of uh, public service maybe for at least a year before I got back into it. But here I am, you know, the, uh, the election's coming up. So uh, I'm back in it. That's awesome. And you know what's so good about it is it's enlightening to have, you know, younger group of people and younger people on the board or on the council, right? So in, in just getting into local government, I think it's important that you're getting involved with that. I think that's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, almost 17 years in government service. So, um, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter. So at, at my age, I know I have 13 years before she's even out of high school. So, you know, it's important that, you know, what I do translates into the next, you know, decade and, and beyond because, you know, obviously I want her to, you know, grow up in, the, in a great city. I want her to be able to go off to college and maybe come back just like I did and raise a family in this city. So, you know, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. So, you know, it's, it's super important what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So that goes back. Just give us a little bit of a further background as to a little bit about your family how you ended up in Naples, and again, a little bit just reiterate why it's important that you are running for local government, city council in Naples. You know, give us a little rundown on that. Yeah, so my family moved us down here about uh, 30 years ago. You know, I went to elementary school, uh, middle school, high school um, in Naples. Uh, Then obviously, you know, I went off to college, did my four years, came back to Naples, um, got hired by the Naples Police Department, Worked there, you know, in, in different different areas. You know, um, I was on the SWAT team for 14 of those years. Went from SWAT operator to team leader and eventually the assistant commander. Was promoted, you know, to sergeant. You know, worked patrol, community policing. Um, finally finished off working in the um, crime suppression team, which is essentially a, a narcotics unit, undercover unit. Um, also working with uh, two federal task force, Homeland Security and the DEA. You know, so I had a, a, a good career. And I loved every minute of it. And then, you know, I retired just recently and, um, you know, was focusing on my, my real estate business, which I started in 2013. Um, you know, so I was kind of working two jobs uh, since then. And um, I've been focusing on that and um, now, now focusing on uh, getting on the council. Yeah, and I know you're successful in real estate, which is great. One of the things that is very interesting is you are the youngest candidate that, that we know of right now that's, that's running for city council. However, You've lived in Naples the longest out of those candidates. It's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, I, and I hope that this is what the future is going to look like. You know, people getting more involved, a little bit younger, you know, because they have more to lose. You know, they're, they're raising families in this city. You know, they're, they're, they're not aging out to the point where, you know, 20 years from now, 
you know, what, what they left behind, they're not going to see it. You know, guys like me, we're going to see that. You know, I, I'm still going to probably be working in 20, 30 years. I'm, I'm, I'm still around. You know, so, you know, it's important when what we're doing and I, and I hope other people follow. Yeah. Do you think it's important to bring a younger perspective to the city council and to Naples in general? I mean, because, you know, I talked to some of my family members and we, we all love Naples. We like the way it is. However, some of the people that, you know, my daughter for one, she's like, you know, Naples is just, you know, older folks, but do you think it's good to bring a younger perspective to the city council? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, Families are coming down here. They're moving from the Northeast, from the Midwest, I mean, everywhere. And they're coming down to Naples. And, you know, if we try to keep the same mindset that we've had for, the, you know, the past 30, 40 years, it's not going to be beneficial to them. Um, so, you know, we need to be open to things. And, you know, one thing I do when, when things come about, just like I did in law enforcement, you know, when I, when I had detectives assigned to me, we took every issue, every case that came in, and we worked it from beginning you know, and, and that's important. And that's something that I don't think anybody on council really understands and is really capable of doing because they haven't done it. They haven't, you know, gone every day and sat down there and started from scratch every single time, every single issue, just like we worked a case. You start from the beginning, work it all the way to the end. You don't bring any, you know, pre, you know, uh, predisposed or, or any, you know, any ideas that you're just, well, this is just how we've always done it. And this is how we're going to do it. No, you, you need to take every single case as it comes. Yeah, that's a great perspective. And myself, I've been in law enforcement for 31. I just retired in April as well. Um, yeah, I think that law enforcement perspective and, and outlook as far as like we're here to solve problems. And I know we're going to mention that in a little bit, but we actually have to solve the problems. And, and a lot of people think that law enforcement, you go and just put a fire out. But the reality is you're constantly putting fires out in your job. But I think that if you have that perspective of let's solve the issue, then we won't have to keep responding to these same issues over and over. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? And I know you've no, done that. Absolutely. We're I mean, you, you can't just, you know, push something aside. And, and obviously, you know, that's what council has been doing. They've been basically kicking the can down the road. Um, they're not making decisions. Um, everything is, well, put it off, put it off, put it off. Well, in law enforcement, we couldn't do that. You know, and when I was, you know, rising through the ranks on the SWAT team, and I was the assistant commander. When I showed up on scene, that was my scene. Didn't matter who was on scene. It could have been the chief of police. They looked to me because I was the highest ranking tactical operator on scene. Um, so kicking the can down the road, unacceptable. Um, it can't happen and, and, and it won't happen. And, and, and that's not the type of person I am. And that's not the type of person I'm going to be on council. You know, I mean, I, I'm a problem solver. When society had a problem, they called the police. When the police had a problem, they called me, you know, so, you know, and I want to bring that same drive and that same problem solving um, to, you know, the community and, and to my, you know, my service with council. Yeah. And I think also, too, you're going to have you have to admit modern day law enforcement and not to keep pushing back on the law enforcement background that you have. But you have to be a listener. Right. You have to be able to communicate because we all know that, you know, maybe back in the day you could kind of just ruffle in and, yeah. you know, say I'm the police, you're going to do what I tell you to do. But nowadays, we have to problem solve, we have to listen, we have to communicate with people. And I think having those skills and having that background would be a great benefit yeah, for, for someone on the city call. And how much data there is pumped into, into people every single day and how quick it is. I mean, you, you can't just pull the wool over somebody's eyes and say, oh, well, this is just how it is, and, and you move on. No, you, I mean, you need to be transparent. You need to be able to communicate with people. And, and honestly, you, you can't get the job done without the community and any job. 
Yeah, no, that's important. One thing, kind of when you opened up a little bit on the podcast, you, you you talked about Naples being one of the best cities in the world, right? So no matter where, you from, where you're from in the United States, you feel your city is always the best city. But without a doubt, Naples, Florida, it's on the map as being one of the best cities in the world. And in the United States, I think we were just put as number two best place to retire yeah. in the United States. To make that list... That, that's like unbelievable. And we do it consistently. Oh yeah, absolutely. What, what makes Naples so great? I mean, and you're in the real estate business, you know, and you understand it when a customer calls you up and they could be anywhere in the country, they could be overseas. I mean, an international uh, customer, you tell them you're from Naples and, and they're looking at it and they're like, wow, Naples, wow. <laughs> that, you know, like it, it resonates with people and, and the word has gotten out there, you know, how beautiful Naples is, um, how safe it is, how wonderful it is to live here. And I mean, there's, there's, there's no shortage of, of people just ooing and eyeing when they hear, oh, oh I live in Naples. I mean, they, they think like, wow, like that's where you're going back to. You go on vacation, you get on a plane to come back and everyone's like, oh, I'm going to fly here, you know, connecting flight. I got to take here and go. And you're like, ah, well, my, my connecting flight's going to take me to Naples. And they're like, wow, that like, why would you leave? Why would you go on vacation? You live, you live on vacation. Right. You know? Right. And I know that's a, a good thing because every time I go on vacation, I love to go, right. I love to leave and go on vacation. Yeah. But when I come back, I'm like, holy smokes, I spent a lot of money going on vacation and, and Naples is the place to be. I mean, you drive, it's nice. It's manicured. It's well taken care of, you know, people for the most part do the right thing with the infrastructure and, and, and setting everything up. And it's just that, nice place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we need to keep it that way. Yeah. I was going to ask you, my next, next question is how do we preserve or manage Naples? Because I think that's, I think that's a, a super fine balance. So how do we do it? Keep Naples very nice, but also manage and preserve it for the future. How do we do it? You know, there's all the palm trees and clean water in the world won't mean anything if it's not safe. So I think first and foremost is the safety of your community. And that's something that you know, I, I spent such such a long period of my life, essentially my my entire post collegiate life, doing. Um, you know, and if you don't reinvest in your employees, you don't reinvest in you know your police, your fire, solid waste, all these different things. If all those divisions are not properly funded, um, the employees are not properly compensated, the infrastructure is going to going to collapse. So you can't plant palm trees to you know make your police department better. You need to reinvest in your police department. You need to reinvest in your fire department. Um, all of those things are, are super important. And, you know, and I've met with, with both of those departments. I've met with most of the city departments and discussed that with them and said, what do you need to continue to give us the level of service that residents expect and visitors expect in Naples? And, um, you know, and we've had a real long discussions about what needs to be done. And you know, it's, it's something that I, uh, I agree with them on. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, essentially lead the charge in getting the rest of council to, to follow me on. Yeah. And I, and I think that goes out, resonates through Collier County as well. I know obviously Naples is in Collier County, but that relationship and partnership that we have with law enforcement, fire, city council with county commissioners, that's, that's like a huge thing to, to work together to keep Naples nice. I think that's one of the big things we really have to do. And there's going to be some opportunity for things to grow here. How do we manage that? Collier County is going to grow no matter what the city of Naples does. I mean, there's no stopping that. Um, you know, a, a good majority of my, my real estate sales are east of Collier Boulevard. So they're outside the city. 
Um, however, the number one thing somebody says to me, where's a good place to go on Fifth Avenue? Where's a good beach to go to downtown? And you go to any city, you want to go downtown. Everyone wants to go downtown. You want to see the downtown area of where you're moving. Um, so managing all of that traffic that's going to come into the city, again, goes back to your infrastructure, goes back to your employees. How are they going to manage? When we have a 4th of July parade and everybody comes from East Naples, North Naples, all over Collier County, down to the Naples Pier, down to that area because they want to see the fireworks. You know, they want to see the parades. That, that, you know, and that's something that we need to manage through our infrastructure and obviously, you know, through some, some sort of controlled growth and some, some sort of, you know, common sense. You know, we, we can't just let buildings crumble and say, well, you know, small town feel and, and that's it. We can't just let roadways, you know, well, we're, we're not going to deal with those because we want to keep small town feel, small town feel. Well, we need, to re, we need to look at that and we need to see, well, how can we make this city more efficient? Um, how can we deal with the growth in Collier County? Because, you know, Naples isn't really developing. I mean, you can redevelop, but you're, there's not a lot of, there's no land really to develop at this point. Um, but we need to deal with Collier County growing because there is land to develop in Collier County and it is developing. Yeah, and you get a really good point that the people that live in Collier County, I think we're up to close to pushing up to close to 400,000 residents. And that's just full-time, right? So when you're, you're over half a million when the season comes in. And to be quite honest with you, you don't even really see it that much anymore. But they all go down to Naples. I mean, the city of Naples, they all work that way. And people who come to visit, they all want to go to the city of Naples. But they want to see uh, a vibrant downtown. And I think over the last 10 years, it's been amazing how things have been done down there and how they've improved. I mean, I, I moved here 32 years ago, and you went down to downtown Naples. It was like a deserted, you know, old shoe stores and things like that. But I think the development they have has been very good. But I think that you can manage it and probably listen to other people's ideas yeah, as well. Absolutely. I mean, I worked two years as the TIF officer down on, on Fifth Avenue South. To see where it is now versus when I was down there is amazing. I mean, they have done an amazing job on Fifth Avenue. And it's bringing people there. It's bringing revenue to those businesses. Um, and that needs to continue. I mean, we can't just stop doing that because, okay, it's great now. But if we don't continue to harvest that mentality, then eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to revert back to when it became a little sleepier and, you know, things weren't properly developed and, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Fifth Avenue that we have today. Um, so that's, that's something that's super important. Um, keep that, we need to keep that going. Yeah. So to do that, you mentioned it, you have to make sure your employees are taken care of, right? So the people that work for the city of Naples, not all of them can afford to live in the city of Naples, right? So how do we, how do we work on that balance? I know we have some, uh, you know, labor issues and things like that. How is that balance reached? Working the two jobs, being in law enforcement and, and working, you know, in the real estate business, I had the luxury and, and the, the honor of selling a lot of the homes to our new employees. Um, and one thing that I saw over the years was we went from, you know, a, an employee living within a certain, you know, couple miles of the city. Then it went to um, out on the, the county line in Collier County. And now I'm seeing more and more of the new people coming into the city that are living in Lee County. You know, they're living in Cape Coral, Fort Myers. Now you're working a midnight shift. You're working, you know, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then you have to drive, you know, over an hour to get to your house in Cape Coral, but, and then you're going to hit traffic and, and all that. I mean, it's just, 
it, you know, it, it's unacceptable. You know, we can't have employee, employees doing that. And the only thing that you're going to be able to do to, to solve that is start looking at their wages, start looking at, you know, um, development. What, what are we doing for housing? What kind of housing are these people going to be able to get into? You know, um, you know, I ran a SWAT team. And if I had a guy living in Cape Coral and we had a, a bar- someone who barricaded inside of a home, well, now I have to wake him up, has to get his gear together, get the kids squared away or whatever, you know, deal with family issues. By the time he got in, I mean, you're talking an hour and a half, by the time he's geared up, maybe even two hours. And I mean, that's, that's unacceptable. You know, your employees living that far away, it's just, it's unacceptable. And, you know, we need to look at how are we going to, 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 to basically, you know, get affordable housing out there. You know, we, we have to work with, you know, people to, to figure that out. Yeah. Do you think there's an opportunity for maybe the city to work with the county in conjunction to come up with some sort of, you know, maybe not those folks living within the city limits, but very close to it with some sort of agreements and communication? Is that something that would be plausible? Yeah, absolutely. We can't just close ourselves off and say, well, you know, the city, the property value is just too expensive. So we we can't do anything for you. Too bad. Deal with it. Well, no, I mean, not too bad. You, you know, you, you, you have county leaders that you can work with and the city, the city needs to work with them and say, hey, where can we get housing for these people? You know, if I have a, a new person coming in and I've talked to our guys that do hiring and I, I said, you know, what, what are you telling them? Because they're asking. They're saying, hey, where can I live? Where, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that, that's always the answer. I don't know. We don't know where you can live. You know, $52,000 a year, where are you going to live? Can't even live in Collier County. So, Absolutely. City leaders and county leaders need to work together. And they also need to work with the state. You know, there, there's there's so much more that we can do. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, we have some labor issues. And you, you said you've reached out to, you know, the public safety and other city folks. What are those issues and, and, and what can we do better yeah. or what can the city do better? Your your department directors should not always feel like they're, they're butting heads, city council. Um, and with the mayor and, and, and whoever, whoever is in a political seat for the city. Um, you know, you put people in charge of running different organizations throughout the city. Um, and if you, if you constantly, you know, have your finger on them and you're micromanaging them and, and you're constantly pressuring them, you're going to push them out. And we've seen that. Um, you know, our city manager left, our assistant city manager left, our interim city manager left. And we had to pull him from another division within the city. Now we have essentially, you know, our fire chief now acting as our city manager. I mean, how many more times can you keep pulling from other, other divisions um, just to get, you know, a city manager position filled until we can hire somebody permanently? Um, so, you know, obviously our city leaders, our, our you know, politicians who are, who are in the city need to work better with these people. You cannot constantly hammer them with things, say, well, we're going to go after them. We're going to do it. No, you put them in charge of doing a job. Now, if they're not doing their job, that's different. But give them an opportunity to do their job. And I, I don't think we do enough of that. So basically bridging that communication or making them feel like their decision is important instead of trying to override and micromanage that type of situation. Absolutely. You know, I put for SWAT, I had team leaders. I put team leaders in charge of things. I had, you know, a training coordinator. I put them in charge of training. Um, and... I didn't stay on top of them and constantly micromanage what they were doing. I gave them an opportunity to succeed. Um, and you'd be surprised if you give these people an opportunity to succeed, they will, they'll thrive. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, but if you, if you constantly micromanage them and pull things away from them and, and constantly, you know, every, say everything you do is wrong. Everything you do is, well, no, give them an opportunity. Maybe they have a way of doing these things. 
get, you know, give them a little bit of a lead and, and let them, let them do it. Yeah. That's, that's very important. The past election, we lost a lot of very key leaders in the community, right? They been around here for years. I know that we want to include them because they have been involved in our community for so long. How are you going to foster those relationships and, and make sure that these key leaders are still there and participating and helping out in the future? You know, you have people that have been in the political arena for the city of Naples for, for decades. Um, and, you know, they've watched the city go through growing pains. They've watched the housing crisis. They, they've seen all of these different things. Um, and to just kind of put them out to pasture, it, it, it's unacceptable. Um, even the people, you know, we're going through a city council race right now. Um, and if some of the incumbents don't get reelected, it doesn't mean I won't, I'm not going to reach out to them if I'm elected. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you reach out to them so that you obviously don't make the same mistakes that maybe they made? You know, maybe they can reflect on that and say, hey, you know, I, I kind of went down a bad path on this. Don't do what I did. You know, why would I start out? And go down those same paths when I've when they've already seen it, and they can explain why it happened. So you can't just push people aside um, and say, "Well, you know, I have no use for you anymore." Yeah, how how important is that institutional knowledge? We kind of discussed it a little bit uh, yeah. prior to. You can't even put a price tag on that. Uh, you you really can't. I mean, there, there's there's no price that you can put on the knowledge of somebody who's done this 10, 20, 30 years. They've seen it all. Yeah, they it been around and I, and I'm fortunate to have worked with them in the past in several different types of projects and things like that. So I know what they bring to the table, you know, what, what makes you a good candidate for city council? Why do you believe you would be the right person for it? I'm open to listening to, to the issues. I'm opening to listening to new ideas. I'm also open to listening to the old ideas and finding a way to, to basically bridge that gap and, and make them the ideas that are the best for the city. Um, and I've worked for the city. I, I mean, you know, my, my whole post-collegiate life up until May 17th of this year, I worked for the city. So when everyone was asleep at night, I was driving those streets. Um, I was a supervisor out there, you know. Um, I don't know any other candidate who's driven every street within the city of Naples. Well, I have. There's alleyways throughout the city that people don't even know about. I've been in the homes in some of the, you know, the most affluent people who are in the city. And, you know, I've been in homes where, you know, people are, you know, working class. Um, so I, I've basically been out there when no other candidate has. Um, and that knowledge is, I mean, obviously you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. And I can back that knowledge just knowing that I worked at the county. So I'm very familiar with the whole county. And to have somebody that really can know exactly the, the heartbeat of the community. I think a, a police officer, a firefighter, public safety worker, or somebody who's actually hit their feet on those streets yeah. would, would definitely make sense to be, you know, the best candidate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when they talk about traffic issues, well, I've responded to those traffic crashes, you know, those serious traffic crashes, those traffic fatalities. I've been the supervisor on scene when those things have happened. Um, so someone might say, well, you know, traffic looked pretty bad today when I was driving into work. Well, I actually know how bad it is because I've seen the statistics because I've been there, you know, I've been there on the street and I've seen that, you know, I've seen the kids in cars after crashes. You know, I've, I mean, I've seen the things that, and, and you know, that society will probably never see. Um, and you know, that gives you a perspective of the city that, you know, you, you just can't teach somebody. Yeah. So this kind of just reiterates what we just asked. Your background in law enforcement, how does that make you a good candidate for city council? How does that 
help you? And again, you, you, you pretty much answered it, but just jump back on it again a little bit. Maybe the, maybe the whole question was a little bit backwards, but how does that, how does that make you a good kid? One, it, it makes me understand every single different neighborhood throughout the city. You know, I, I've been in every single neighborhood and I've met with, you know, key people in those neighborhoods, that, you know, the, the leaders of those neighborhoods, the association um, presidents, things like that. And, and I've talked to people and I understand what people want. You know, when, when, when you talk to so many people in a, in a day, I mean, you know, police officers talk to more people in one day than most businessmen will talk to in a year. I mean, it, it's just, you're, you're out there. You know, you do all these community events. I've worked all the parades and I've, I, I've worked dem- demos that we've done first for SWAT demos. When you go out there and you do these, you know, your community outreach programs, um, you know, I've taken kids on the cop with a shop. I've taken them in and, and bought toys for them. I mean, so when you're out there and you're actually talking to their parents and you're, and you're talking to the kids and, and you're, you know, you're basically talking to everybody from every walk of life that lives, works, or plays in the city, um, you get a perspective that you can't get from anyone else. I mean, you, you just really can't. Definitely understand that because I've, you know, been in that s- similar situation. Last question. How do you envision Naples 20 years from now? I envision Naples being even more beautiful than it is now. I envision that, you know, when you say you're from Naples and 99% of the people are in awe, well, 100% of them will be. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is going to, and Collier County in general, I think is, it, it's going to be the number one destination. I mean, people are going to love this city, love this county more than they do today, if that's even possible. And I think it is. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Ian, I'd like to thank you for coming on 239 Uncensored. It's been awesome. I appreciate it. And and, and again, I'm a little bit, I, I don't want to use the word bias, but truly, if I didn't believe that, you know, you were a good candidate in that law enforcement background and all that stuff didn't help, I wouldn't have you on. So, you know, I really, I really um, think that, you know, having that background and having that experience is going to be a, a huge, a huge component in making Naples a better place if you can make it. But I, I think the working environment, making everybody work together, communicating the synergy, I think having that background is going to be going to be huge. But I, I want to wish you the best of luck. And, you know, anything obviously we can do to help out, let us know. 239. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's great. 239, Uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And usually what we say is when we're done, we are out. So let's go ahead and let's do it. We are out. out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.